Hey, we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Aaron, this is a bonus episode. That's right. Normally, we're a film podcast that discusses new movies weekly, and that's kind of what we're doing here. <laughs> but it's a little different, because we're just going to focus on... It's a new on... movie, yeah. It is, but we're just going to focus on that. No other segments, no other guests or anything. It's just Abe and I talking <laughs> about a movie. And, this uh, happens a lot whenever there's a lot of movies coming out, whether this is the wintertime or uh, we are currently in the summertime. Where there's plenty of movies coming out, and yes. we didn't want to uh, just kind of leave off the latest Pixar film for our quickies not. or whatnot. So we want to talk about Elemental. That's the plan today. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the latest film from Pixar from director Peter Song, who previously gave us The Good Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, features a variety of people that we can get into, but I'll read a brief plot synopsis here. Is the You know what? How about this? How about I play the trailer for you instead? This shop is dream of our family. Someday it'll all be yours. But we all live by one simple rule. Enemies cannot mix. Uh, 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 pipe squished me all out of shape. Dang. That's better. Oh. So you've never left Firetown? Sorry, buddy. Elements don't mix. Hey! Plus, my dad would boil you alive. Why does anyone get to tell you what you can do in your life? Come on! Why do they even have these? Eh, who knows. Watch this! All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Elemental. Uh, I'm going to read the the brief synopsis they gave us here. The film journeys alongside an unlikely pair, Ember and Wade, in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. The fiery young woman and the -the go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much Uh, they actually have in common. Um, So yeah, this is a movie. It came out. It didn't open super strong, which is unfortunate, um, is the realm of Pixar movies. And we can talk about this later on as far as why that might be in the case, but what have you. Uh, but we had the movie, Elemental. Abe, I'm curious, what did you think of the movie? Uh, you know, I didn't think it was that good. I think that there was, uh, animation-wise, it's fantastic. And it looks great. Sound design's fine. The way that they designed the city is interesting. The way that they designed the creatures are interesting. Um, animation styles are very cool. You know, uh, the way that the fire burns on the screen and how it kind of, like, looks like this, this um, not watercolor, but, like, a, a different type of of art, not just like, you know, computer generated art is, is really cool, but I think it lacks in its story. And I think that this is something that either it was trying to do too much or it just didn't know what it wanted to do. And then it just decided to go full force into a lot of different pies, but just never really flesh any of those out. You know, you do have a, an, an immigrant story to elemental city. You do have a generational story from father to daughter type of thing. You have a a, a love story, a, a, you know, a burgeoning love story. You have like uh, characters that are perhaps, you know, third, fourth generation versus this first generation uh, of fire and ember. Um, and so when you put all this stuff together, it just I, I didn't really dig the story. And I think that at times it was moving too quickly or it just didn't establish any sort of um, emotional payoff. And so I just wasn't really into it uh, as much, which is a shame. And if I wanted to be harsher, I would I would say like, you know, the death of Pixar was when they didn't release Turning Red or uh, Luca in theaters. But that's not really the case. It's just more of like, you know, these stories are things that are personal to the creators. If you stay for the credits, you'll see that there's a lot of thank yous to parents, but also specifically Peter Son. 
has given a thank you to his parents. There's a photo of them at the end of the credits. Um, and it's, it's, he's even written, I think on Twitter and social media, there's, uh, a personal letter to his parents thanking them for the, like, this is a personal story for them. So I, I it's a, it's a shame that just didn't really come across as one that I thought was very effective. You know, it's, it's funny, Peter's, I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's not like I think Pixar, like there's a bad Pixar movie. There's certain ones I certainly ones I like less, mm-hmm. but like right now, Peter Saad is kind of responsible for some of the lowest Pixar movies that have because yeah. the good dinosaur is, if not the bottom, the next to the bottom. And then this movie, I I, I say it's at least better than a few Cars films, um, but I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, it feels underwhelming as far as what I can get from a Pixar film, which is a shame because of the, the context that's applied here based off Saad's background and what he wanted to bring to a film. Like, it's obviously very personal to him. There's obviously great things to say as far as, hey, here is another obviously good-looking Pixar film that happens to rely on an immigrant story as the foundation. That's cool. I I am completely into that. I am completely into a film that wants to provide a a positive understanding of what it's like to have, you know, multi-generational families coming in from another society or what have you and, like, forming a new community and what, what all goes into that. That's... That is intriguing to me. That is a story that has somewhere to build off of. The fact that it goes for this rom-com, again, I'm not against that. That's a, another fun idea. You know, they're they're literal opposites that attract, as the tagline says. Like, that's that's an approach. Cool to see that. It's just the execution of this feels so familiar to me. It feels very much like it's like, what if we took Wally and Inside Out and kind of merged them together and made this movie in terms of the story being told? And it's just it doesn't do much for me in that regard. I, I agree with you, Abe. Like it, it doesn't feel like it, which is weird because like these movies are so designed from the bottom to the top. And mm-hmm. so you have to get to a certain place before you even start animating. So it's like, I, I don't know how this got so far along with this story and no one kind of raising any red flags as far as what it's going for. Cause it's like, it just, it feels like it feels off compared yeah. to other Pixar films that I think do, ideas that this story is presenting better mm-hmm. um so yeah like i i can't say i didn't enjoy it like over on an overall basis like there's a movie here that's completely fine but mm-hmm. like it's pixar you kind of even if they're not like raising the entire bar for the world of animation because you can only do that so many times and mm-hmm. this is like their 27th movie but even then you still expect a certain like higher level coming out of pixar than other animation studios and yeah. it it doesn't help that like a week before both this and the flash came out you have a movie that's exploring multiverses and raising the bar for animation and now we have a movie that's one's exploring it, you know the multiverse and the other is trying to do something with animation and neither of them yeah. are nearly as good as spider-verse right. so it's like okay yeah. it's just beyond the poor timing though yeah i just wasn't I wasn't super big on this movie. Yeah, it's unfortunate because um, Pixar has been known to have their artists and creative folks uh, dig deep and make movies that are relevant to them. And maybe, maybe less so like the Toy Story stuff. But as of late, you know, things like Turning Red is a personal story from Dom Shi, you know, and it, it feels that way. And then Luca is a personal story from, I forget the director's name, but it's just like a story that he's wanted to tell for a long time. Um, and you can feel like, you know, as, as the literary thing, the literary 
uh, Enrico like, Casarosa is the director. Enrico, yeah, Casaroso, Casarosa. Sa. Sa goes like as the adage goes for literature, like you could feel like the blood on the pages in those movies, um, especially like when they get to the the apex of their of their um, problem area, you know, where uh, uh, in Turning Red, it's it's this generational trauma story. And then in Luca, it's acceptance, you know, of not only for Luca himself as as uh, his parents accept, accepting him to be in human form, but also um, people accepting uh, his buddy just to be like, hey, you're part of our family, you know, and that's really powerful. And those movies, those stories move me. This one just doesn't move me as much. And it's weird because you also brought up, rightly so, that this really only happens when you know that there has been some background struggles. And I'm specifically thinking of Brave, where that movie just feel disjointed because the the director uh, left and then they had a lot of different story ideas. Same with The Good Dinosaur. There's a lot of different story ideas and then that's the product that you got. But yeah, this one, it's weird because... I guess you would have raised some red flags along the way, but I don't know. I don't know where it fell off because there is a good story in this movie. It's just not the one that I think that they chose to focus on, or if they did to focus on it, it's just not enough of that focus. Yeah. I it's odd. It's odd to be at like a weird, like arm's length from like caring more about what they're doing. Cause like the, I get, I think the fundamentals are strong. Like I, I, you know, obviously the immigration, the immigrant serving to like, yeah okay and then like how do you center that okay you have two characters from different backgrounds that makes sense to me as far as what to do with that but i i don't know like they it's 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 because it's like there's not like a lack of effort like there's clearly right yeah i mean you know it's incredible hundreds of people worked on this there's i I think the voice acting is solid i i Mm -hmm. i i I, especially i think um ronnie del carmen who's you know an animator (laughs) he's the father uh bernie I liked him a lot. I like yeah. that character. I and I, I like all these characters fine, but like in a realm where I have so much Pixar to work with, it does it it feels familiar in a way that didn't excite me in the way that some of these other Pixar movies do. Even the ones that do also like ride similar story beats or what have you that other Pixar films have done. Like there's right. something there that makes them stand the ones that I'm thinking of makes them stand out more. Where this one it's like if I, maybe I'll revisit this at some point, but I just don't like have that spark to be like, oh man, that was a Pixar movie. I can't wait to see again. Yeah. And uh, I'd, uh, I'd love to go into plot details as well, just so that the listeners know sort of uh, where we're not necessarily nitpicking, but we're, we're going for, but I do want to just broadly more speakly more, more before we get into that. I just want to broadly um, say that uh, it, it's clear that there's just been a lot of work done on this movie. Not, not, you know, negative, what have you. It's just, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie. You see it in the credits, you see all the production babies. Like this is, this is not like a, something that they finish in like nine months kind of thing. These are like exactly what Aaron talked about earlier. You plan for these movies. Like we are aware of what Pixar is trying to develop like a couple of years in advance. And mm-hmm. then you get into the animation you get into like the writing and all that other stuff and the directing and and so it's a long process for these movies and one of the my favorite things to see in the credits is the production babies and it's just like oh there's there were like at least like 25 babies born during the production of this movie uh from people that worked on this movie and that's incredible right to be fair one of them was octoplets 
oh okay i get it so that really took up like you know a a quarter of them got it uh but yeah it's just unfortunate that you do have like mishmashing elements when this story seems to be a very personal story for the director peterson so um going more into the plot the plot is a character named ember she is the daughter of immigrants and she is a first generation and they are of fire background so they specifically have to live in like this part of town that where did they come from that 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 was this a, is qu- a good question that was a question i kept wondering like so they immigrated where did they immigrate like what is this world <laughs> it seems like they immigrated from somewhere in the mid east well i mean regardless of like their accents and whatever it's just more of like was there just like a world of fire like it's oh like, i see yeah that's I, what... I have no so this is actually a question that i had for myself too and it's sort of what you're bringing up here is like when i am invested in this story i don't really care as much about uh-huh. the problems that i'm seeing on the screen but because there were problems that i was seeing on the screen and there were plot holes and and like you know writing issues that I I I uh, saw. It became much more of a question of exactly what you're talking about here, which is like, how is she sitting on this bus and not burning through it? How is she holding onto this pamphlet and it's not burning through it? How is she, how is this guy able to like go through water, but he doesn't like he doesn't have this ability to? It's the you know. It's- it's the cars thing that I yes, have where yes. the first cars were like, how does this work? But the second cars the boom that both of us champion for whatever reason, were like, <laughs> how does this work in a more intriguing way? Right. <laughs> so I guess elemental too will answer those questions for me, or at least right. make me more excited about those questions. Right. So yes, I, I had a lot of those questions about the seams as well, but Leah, uh, Leah Lewis plays Ember. She voices uh, again, like it seems like uh, an early twenties, maybe like late teenager, uh, person and she's kind of just like going through life and trying to figure out her place in life what she wants in life and her father is an immigrant who runs a shop um, and her mother is a, a also co-runs a shop but also like does tarot card readings on the side and then she runs into Wade who is this I guess you could ostensibly call him an American um, that is trying to just do his job but he's he falls in love with this girl and sparks kind of fly in large part. Again, you have two competing storylines here and both are of interest, you know, and that's where if you don't play it right, you get a movie like this. Whereas if you do play it right, you get exactly what Aaron mentioned earlier. You get Wally, which is like, you know, different worlds colliding, but also a love story develops, you know, and that is uh, an example of something. It, who directed Wally? Like, was that Pete Doctor? That was Andrew Stanton. That was Andrew Stanton. Okay, yeah. So, it, it's um, the more that I think about this, and the more that I was watching it, the problems that I kind of had are just how simplified things become. And this might not have occurred to you, but it kind of occurred to me just like I didn't like that the approach of this was, um she does decide that she's in love with this guy that she just met and he's the catalyst for helping her decide that she doesn't have to have the life that she necessarily thinks that she uh, is trying to pursue, which is to take over her father's shop. I was like, this is not the story. This is not my favorite telling of a story because I don't know what Wade is in this world. Like, I don't know if he's a Caucasian male or, what have you? He's played by the guy that we've seen in uh, in a lot of Netflix things, including the one where he's a sommelier. Yeah, um, Mamadou Ati. Yes, my reading on it was that he's like this American Caucasian guy, 
Um, and what I didn't like about it was that this American Caucasian guy is like, you don't have to live this life of following your father's footsteps. And let me take you to like a different, a different uh, plane of your existence. Cause together we can be happy. And I was like, I, I mean, that's I Aladdin. Like this. <laughs> yeah. But at least they're, in that case, like they, they are, you know, both from Agrabah kind of thing. Right. Well, you're, you're also, you're assigning a race. Agrabah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of like, again, this is like my kind of just like being uh, a weirdo about it. Cause um, the, the other thing I didn't like about it was like, okay, well, what is she going to be doing with, uh, the rest of our life. And this is like my immigrant side. I'm just like, you're going to be good getting an internship. Like that's not even a job, but that's the more of like a joke thing. Again, I think that the love story just moves so quickly that you don't really get a sense of why this Wade guy cares about her so much or about why their differences is such a huge issue. Cause it's never really solved. It, it's not explored in a way that was too, too much of interest to me. Like there, you know, there's a whole, they can't you know touch for reasons that you know based on the elements they are makes the level of set but like you know yeah. there's there's something the film does explore that but not in a way that like leads to anything it's like it's stuff like that where yes it does feel i don't want to say half-baked but it but it's like I, it it asks questions that it doesn't really want to answer in a way that felt satisfying to me and i think mm -hmm. you're saying the same thing as far as there's options to take to justify certain things or make things feel more, you know, resonate more. And it either shortcuts through those things or steers in a different direction that feels either more traditional in a sense that's less interesting or just less interesting overall. Yeah. And then that is a shape. <laughs> like, yeah. I do, I do think, the, I do think there's opportunities here again, because I think the stuff that's being placed in front of me ideally works uh, but ideally, like, yeah. but like the delivery of it just isn't again much like the good dinosaur film that i thought had a terrific premise but just did not work execution wise right. <laughs> you know what's funny is that there's a certain point in this movie where wade kind of uh expresses his love publicly to to leah i'm sorry to ember um in front of bernie and cinder um and mm -hmm. i thought at, at i thought it was gonna be satirical because I was like, oh, this is what you do in a rom-com, right? This is the way that a rom-com is written. And they were just going for it. And I was like, you know, this doesn't fit with the rest of the vibe of the other story that you're going with. Because this guy just met her and like two days ago, you know, or three days ago. And this this stuff is stuff that you would reserve for a movie like My Best Friend's Wedding, um, where there is a semblance of a backstory that she has known the guy that she's trying to uh, fall in love with for like 20 years kind of thing. Right. Um, and this one is like, it's just, it's just very quick. So I don't know if it was a, an afterthought, uh, but it certainly doesn't feel like it was an organic part of the story to have them uh, focus on like the love start, the, the love part. Cause even what they do in the middle to third act of this movie, and we haven't even talked about like the, the, like the, the water canals yet. Mm -hmm. But what they do, like with the Vivisteria and the the shops, is like this is interesting and cool stuff, and it does have like a, a really cool animation style to it, especially like when she sparks up the tree. But I just didn't think that it actually works to any degree. Like it 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 felt inorganic. Yeah, I I mean I don't have much to add because I agree with you as far as yeah. like it's not. It's not a, it's not approaching anything in a way that just feels stronger than it than it could be. Like it, it's yeah. 
you know, I, I appreciate, you know, Pixar taking a chance on a, you know, basically a, a, a rom-com um, just like going for that angle, but it's all, you know, it just, it is a bit all over the place as far as it also wants to be this, you know, immigrant story. It also wants to be this uh, thought of, I don't know if it's an environment thing, but I mean, it's certainly talking about like, you know, it's dealing with the, the possible destruction of, uh, you know, certain neighbor, I guess that may be gentrification that, yeah. in yeah. some way. But again, like those are ideas that could be explored further or at least more significantly or any number of things, but instead it just kind of opts for what it is and what it is just isn't all that interesting to me compared to other stuff that I've seen that deal in this, in this realm in animation sure. other or otherwise. Right. Um, I will, I will say yep. this because I'm bagging on this so much, but I think Thomas Nuba's score in this movie is pretty great. <laughs> I, I really like the music in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, the various inspirations it has, uh, the themes that play, even the song that comes up in this movie. I, I was I was a big fan of the music in Elemental. Sure, yeah. And again, like not to bag on it too much, but I, I love the world design of this movie. Yeah. You know, they thought about the neighborhoods. They thought about the transportation systems, how uh, it is really cool how like the clouds kind of create this like blimp and then when they exit, it deflates. And then when new customers come on, it reinflates. So again, there's there's been a lot of cool thoughts about this. It's just this execution is just uh, it, it it leaves a lot to be desired. And even um, the um the side characters, I don't think add a whole like you know it, you know Pixar often has all these side characters or what have you that you know become fan favorites or whatever. And you know that this movie has like oh, wow, Catherine... that's actually a great point. I didn't think about that. This movie has Catherine O'Hara. You know. Hilarious. The, the only voice that I could point out. Yeah, uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. But like between her or uh, the the uh, the Wendy McLeodon Covey character, Gail, um, okay. or um, um, the, the, so was, I mean, me struggling to come up with these characters is kind of the problem. I, like yeah, there's yeah. a variety of other people in this movie, other elements in this movie, but they just they don't they didn't stand out to me either. So it's like I don't know what. The, the takeaways aren't very strong here because it's not like there's some like, oh, at least that thing was really fun or whatnot. It's like, right. it's not a lot beyond like, yes, the aesthetics, like the filmmaking, like it's that's there. But yeah, yeah, it's it's it feels kind of a shame. Yeah, it does. And you, you've been speaking about Across the Spider-Verse. Um, we've talked about this uh, as we've critiqued movies as well. But when you really focus on characters, that kind of really helps out. Because if you focus on characters, you, uh, as an audience member, I, can, I become much more intertwined with whether they're going to be able to solve the problem that they're um, that they're facing in this movie. And with Miles Morales, I certainly felt it. You know, I, I felt the the highs and lows, and I especially felt the betrayal in Across the Spider Verse. Um, and then I also felt like the 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 sense of worry because he has to solve something involving captains in his universe um and in this movie there's just not a lot of that again either they just wanted to either he peter was told to go focus on a different part of the story and flesh that part out so it did less with some of the the immigrant characters and it kind of focused much more on um the love story aspect of things or they just didn't really have a cohesive cohesive story to begin with. Um, and again, it is a shame just because our, our last two examples of Pixar movies, which should have gone to theaters. Um, well, the previous, in- though, because we had Lightyear, which did go. But oh, had, I'm sorry. Yeah, my, had, minus had, Lightyear. We had Soul, which was just impossible to go. But then Luca and Turning Red were. Yeah, Soul came out right as the pandemic was, was full force. Mm-hmm. But Luca and Turning Red 
were sadly just sidelined um, for various reasons. But I, those two movies are incredible. They are focused on characters and they are focused on uh, the problem that they're having. And then you get intertwined with like the sincerity of it all. And this movie kind of tries to do a sincerity thing, which is I hope that it doesn't become like a trope of Pixar movies where they try to get you to to you know the, the, Dave, that's a, that's a, a that, that is a trope that is that sure. has been in Pixar that is yeah. it is it is very much a it worked a thing. for me in Lightyear when he fast forwards and he finds out what happens to his buddies it, it's a thing that we've all come to expect from Pixar sure. that it's going to attempt to make you cry at some point yeah. <laughs> and in this one again it just felt like it was kind of shoehorned in and it's it's unfortunate because um I, I think that there could have been a really, really solid coming of age story to this that it did involve breaking away from cultural norms or it did involve um, not wanting to be shoeboxed uh, into a particular lifestyle. Uh, but uh, it just chose not to really to really embrace it, which is kind of weird because this movie is about sort of like embracing difficult decisions i'll I'll say this uh much like monsters university a film that's otherwise harmless and amusing but you know it's like okay do we need this i do think the third act of that film or at least the final 20 minutes whatever you want to call it are pretty terrific like it nails what happens it nails the ending it's it involves them going to the real world and having to get out of a situation Mm -hmm. And then, like, and the and like the, the results of that, as far as how these two characters, how Mike and Sully managed to both not get what they want out of college, but get what they want out of how they become like you know top scares at Monsters Inc. I see. It's yeah. it's very effective, even if it's not, and it's actually not. It's not angling to make you cry. It's just angling to be a good story, yeah. um, which I appreciate. What I'm saying though is what I you know as strong as that third act is. I think Elemental, I'm not going to say it's as strong as that, but I do think Elemental, I think it. the things it's trying to do in the final section work pretty well. That does depend on how much you like the story it led up to that point. And yes, that's why it's not nearly as effective, I think, okay. as Anchor, even though they're just, you know, <laughs> good Pixar movies. But I, <laughs> I never think this is going to happen, but it certainly could have made a choice in that third act with a character Mm-hmm. That would have, I think, instantly made this movie really much a lot better. <laughs> it, it'd be much darker of a film, but if it just left things a certain way, yeah, boy, would that be like something more impactful as far as as far as the journey these characters are going on and what not what, what wasn't necessarily expected. Um, it doesn't do that, so it's really it's moot. But <laughs> at right. the same time, there is that always that because it, it happens in a number of Pixar and Disney films where yes. yeah. a situation turns a certain way. And a, you know, a, a, I don't know, a more re- human realistic side of me thinks, what if we just left it this way and had characters deal with the fallout from that? Sure, sure. That never really happens in these movies. Right. Wally is another good example. And although I'd be heartbroken if Wally ended the way. Yeah, <laughs> Wally doesn't have a memory anymore. And I'm like, the oh the way God. that it leads up to the way that Wally <laughs> happens, I was like, I was also in that panic. It's like, of, this Eva's fucking robot like, better get his memory back. <laughs> yeah, but like Eva's like fiercely rebuilding him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here either, but I'm I'm so worried. I, I agree with you with the way that there is an emotional beat in this movie because 
I was thinking to myself, oh, this actually would this make it. This could be interesting. Yeah. yeah, this actually would make it better. Um, it wouldn't be like the best, but it also would be like, oh, I see there are consequences to actions. And, and I, could, I could see a journey for <laughs> one character as far as what they're learning from this and what they're taking away. Like, there's something yeah. there. I, yeah, because like now we're rewriting this story. Which I know, is, I do. We should know, be doing not, that. Not a great, yeah, yeah but but you know, just my last parallel thought on that with your mind brainwave is that um, typically what I would have seen is that you know, let's say her her father had a similar relationship back then, or her her mother had a similar relationship, and it turned out poorly for them, right? And then they were then married and then they had kids and then they were just like this is why you can't do it because things like this would happen and then the stakes lead up to what they lead up to in this movie and then you're just like oh fuck like this is actually a devastating story about um regret all of a sudden you know um, and how you should go for things when you want them and now it's too late kind of thing and that would have been fascinating that would have been an incredible story to tell it's not the one that they chose um, but my last point about about just making choices is that there's a movie called Tangled, which you've seen. Um, it's a Disney animated movie. Uh-huh. There's a point in this movie where I thought they were gonna choose a character choice, and I was like, "This is gonna this is gonna be the best movie of this year because they decided to do something to a character." They don't go that way, but I was like, "Man, if they had gone that way, it would have been an incredible choice." And I felt this way about. Um, uh, how to Train Your Dragon, which I didn't read the book before, but when, uh, what's the kid's name in in How to Train Your Dragon? Um, it's not Toothless. That's the dragon's that's name. The dragon. It's um, hold on. Yeah, I'm like Burlap. <laughs> no, that's probably one of his friends. Well, it's close. It's Hiccup. Hiccup. Yeah, when Hiccup wakes up and he's got, he's missing his leg and he has a he has um, a prosthetic leg. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is... Consequences. Yeah. And there's consequences. And because I was thinking uh, that he's going to be fine. It's an animated movie. And the other studio that you and I both love is Laika. Mm -hmm. And they do things like this all the time, which is why I think that they are... They're underseen. They're, They're very highly rated, but they're just underseen. And... I brought this up in the past, like Kubo, he doesn't get his parents back at the end of the movie. Like if anything, like he loses his mother along the way um, and his father as well. And it's devastating because um, now he's just an orphan living on his own and there are just consequences. And again, I don't want to rewrite this movie because it is what it is, but it certainly feels like Peter Son. I don't know. Did he, he did not write this, so he had three other writers on this. But he he is given a story credit. He's he's a, he's a story credit, and I yeah. mean, there's a writer's room. They're just the credit right. writers. Yeah. So it is unfortunate that this just doesn't feel like it's very focused. Um, and there are other movies that you can go see that are much more focused, and this does all of a sudden become a bottom of the half of the Pixar filmography. Yeah, I have it ranked pretty low, which is... Do you? Okay, yeah. Um, can I ask you some other questions? No. Uh, yes. Okay, all right, we're done. <laughs> um, so you were talking about the box office. Can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I want to do. Uh, this will be open to $29 million. Uh, You know, it's not it, it's not high. Um, okay. And it's not new for Pixar. Um, this, Lightyear also did not perform well. Um, 
all that well last year. Now, I mean, it's going to be profitable in one way or the other because all Disney movies are. Um, okay. And who knows about the overseas come factor? Which that could that could be huge. And even the word of mouth on this could be strong. With that in mind, Elemental got an A Cinema Score, which great. That's, wow, that's the great set that you know audiences like this movie. Sure. By comparison, The Flash got a B, which in the scale of Cinema Score, not great. Not great. <laughs> not great yeah. for that. Like for even that A minus is like oof. But Anybody's is not bad. I mean, like B as opposed to B plus. Like sure. it's such a it's a weird narrow window, but it's like that shows there's something that's unsatisfying when you're saying merely a B for an audience that right. you know. And we're talking about the flash earlier this week. Yeah. Listen to that episode. And I'll also note that the blackening got a B plus, which is great for a horror comedy. Those don't those don't, <laughs> those you, don't get that liked. high. Yeah. I like quite a bit, and I certainly recommend people seeing yeah. it, but it's like that I, I I horror comedies getting anything above a B is impressive. Like, yeah, that, that's that speaks to something. Yeah. Elemental though, A. Now, regardless of that, the the box office not super strong for an opening um, okay. by any measure when it comes to Pixar or animated films in the summer. When you have like Minions movies that open to like hundreds of millions, right, right. The regardless of how much we like this movie, I cannot emphasize how much of a terrible, terrible decision it was for a Chapek to release Luca and Turning Red onto Disney Plus exclusively because they took their one of their signature brands, Pixar, yeah. a studio that has given original films and put them into, you know, above half a billion dollars. Like Coco was ginormous. Yeah. Inside Out was ginormous. These are movies that have no IP. They're just purely, hey, here's an original animated movie. Go see it. They took that brand this fucking CEO, <laughs> they took that brand yeah. and basically demolished it by putting two, three films in a row, but two that didn't really need to go to Disney Plus. Just out, just took away that theatrical factor. Yeah, and, I, and it's really a shame. It's a real shame to see like what kind of like what kind of effects that's got. Like we already had layoffs at Pixar. Yeah, the, right. the the like this was notable. Like the the person that was responsible for saving Toy Story two. Because the movie accidentally got deleted at one point, but fortunately right. one person had it on their hard drive. Right. That person got fired. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I saw I saw that. Uh, the director well. of Lightyear got fired. <laughs> like right. there's a this is, you know, these are some of the higher people up there, people that are like seniority. There's tons of people that got laid off from Pixar of all places. A studio yeah. that knocked out banger after banger. And, and they were not like year for year. They were like, oh, wait for the next Pixar movie type thing. They were they were event movies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um it is very uh, troubling because of that. And you and I have talked about the ills of streaming as well. Not that we were against it, more just that it, it doesn't really help when movies are made by your voting dollars. But now people have a sense of, well, it'll be on Disney Plus in 45 days. Yeah, it's or removed the days. priority of seeing right. what used to be a signature brand for yeah. a company. And it really didn't help that, um, exactly what you said, two of their larger, better movies in the last uh, slew of their stuff were direct to Disney+, Plus, uh, including Turning Red, which was Academy Award nominated. And I, uh, I, I would have loved for that to win. Um, although that was a really tough year for the, the animated it's been it's been tough and animated for the last few this years. This is a lot of good quality animated films and nothing's wrong right. with that, but I hear you. Yeah, and it's—I like, mean, the there's the other somewhat ironic factor that the second Pixar has been like, you know what? What if we open this up a bit more and we have movies like Soul and Turning Red, 
uh, and Luca that all more or less feature diverse casts or other things going on yeah. beneath the surface beyond some of the more standard stuff. Look at Onward, right. Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2. Uh, you know, all of those movies go to streaming. Meanwhile, Lightyear goes right to theater. We've talked about this before, right. but it's it's a matter of it's a weird optic to look at. Um, yeah, I would agree. And again, there, what you said there is also true about Elemental, which is that I was also looking for a, maybe another alternative meaning uh, or alternative storyline that they're also telling, whether sure. it's environmental or what have you. Because um, uh, Pixar is kind of known to, to do that, you know, freely and openly. You know, they're not hiding it. They're just like, hey, this story could be understood in multiple ways. And that's the beauty of storytelling. But yeah, for Elemental, it just seemed like it was like pretty forward. And I don't know if it was like a safe bet kind of thing of just putting it out there. Um, I think my my uh, larger issue is that we've also kind of just trained people just to be like, just watch on, on streaming. Like, it's fine. It'll be there. And that's just not how I think some of these movie makers would want you to see it. And that is not me being on my high horse and saying like, oh, I'm better than you because I watch things in theaters. It's more just that I think a lot of movie artists, directors, graphic designers, storyboard artists, you know, writers, what have you, would love for you to see their their work on the big screen. And not only does it help, you know, their actual like backend intake or income intake, but it also kind of just helps them continued making stories that can push boundaries. Uh, I think I find it fascinating to have Guillermo del Toro been speaking a lot about animation recently. And and one of the things that he sort of explicitly said about just like boring animation is that when you have uh, characters that have one-liners that always have something to say, and that's why he likes Spider-Verse so much across Spider-Verse so much is that it feels like these people are really real people. I'm thinking specifically of like, you know, uh, when Miles is talking to his mom and they're having that discussion about how she wants him to feel loved wherever he goes. And there's a lot of pauses. There's a lot of like looks of dis of, of concern. There's a lot of like uncertainty in what they're going to say next. And you feel that as an audience member. And that's what I think Del Toro would love to push forward. You know, he also gave the remarks to Elemental of saying like, hey, let's push, let's keep pushing the medium of art, uh, of, of animation forward, which is all well and true. But yes, Elemental, it does feel a little bit lesser than Across the Spider-Verse or even some of the Leica stuff. Um, and it's unfortunate. But yeah, it's, you know, quality wise, sure. Like it's, it'd be nice to have liked the movie more. Right. Um, it, it you know if we want to talk about the 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 nature of what movies people are prioritizing to see i mean the easiest thing to look at is like well for, for first off thank god that across the spider-verse exists because yes it's right. per, it's a perfect product of the ip and a gold mine for sony but it's also really fucking good so it's like okay great like i Incredible. i can i can balance the you know the choice to only see things that have you know a name brand behind them with the fact that well at least this one's delivering the best possible version of that mm -hmm. On you know the other side of that though is like Elemental here's a complete original, and it's gonna you know likely lose money for a studio. Whereas <laughs> Super Mario Brothers is a billion and a half dollars. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that actually. It, it, it is, you know, <laughs> is is purely it you know purely exists because hey we have this brand and we can make a lot of money off of it. And guess what they did? And they're gonna make another one. And That's right. 
not to be too cynical, but I, I don't have the expectations that the second Super Mario Brothers movie is going to be somehow significantly better than the first Super Mario Brothers movie. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's not a way, it's not to say like, hey, the fans that gave this movie a billion and a half dollars are wrong for liking it. That's not what I was saying. It's just more of, it's great to see ambition realized on screen. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes those swings don't always hit. I get that. But the, the chances taken are so beneficial um to what we can accomplish as you know a society that wants to let you know originality fly and have audiences embrace those to- those chances taken yeah and, and again just to echo something you said earlier and also just to have different voices speak out you know and sure. um it's very strange it, i think I'd, I'd love to kind of talk more philosophically about pixar kind of just right now and in, in the in the in the state of their in that they're in which is, it, I hope that they don't get into a, we're just going to be doing IP stuff for generating money for the mouse house. Toy Story 5 has been announced. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about just them making movies that would be out of like their original look. Like it's, it's, it, I think it's like one thing to make movies, you know, to keep making them so that you can make, um, one that is like super personal for people, but just to like generate movies and then just have them as, I don't know, um, things that don't feel personal that, that does leave like a sour taste in my mouth, especially for a brand like Pixar. I mean, first off, Inside Out 2 is coming next year. Are you year. serious? That's coming next year. That's How coming, are, that's what, coming, that's, what's that's, the story going to be? That's, that's coming sooner than Toy Story 5. Uh, but with that said, I hear what you're saying. I will. There's two things. One, sure. it's a studio. Every studio has ups and downs. You know, it's yeah, it's so, you know, the the run that Pixar had to start with is so In like its golden era. It's so incredible that it's like, yes, it's disappointing when you know you get multiple car sequels or what have you. It's like, okay, <laughs> I get it, but sure. but I mean, it, it's a studio like any other, and not all of them are going. You, you can't just make. You can't make. You can't always make classic after classic. Sure. That with that said, with the exception of cars, and I guess monsters by default, it's not like it's not like Toy Story's been producing junk since the first Toy Story. Like no. Toy Story Two yeah. is one of the best it's, Pixar. It's, movies. it's a top three. Uh, Toy, Toy Story Three. Yeah, it's top three Pixar movie. It, Toy Story Three. I, I don't hate it by any means. I think it's terrific. But cer- certainly, people fucking love that movie. Yeah. And I thought Toy Story Four also terrific. And then the, you and I were like, this, this, um. They made a lot of choices for like uh, cinematography, and it's excellent in Toy Story yeah. Four. <laughs> and then like Incredibles Two, amazing. I mean, it's so like sure. my worry for Pixar doesn't extend to whether or not they're sequelizing films, because hey, they've had a pretty good run when it comes to the sequelizing their movies. Like that's not a that's that's not my my question. I have it's, and I I don't think they're going to devolve in that way. Where it's especially once, <laughs> given that they got the cars out of their system, right? It, it feel like, and for every sequel they have, they have like three more originals. Like it's hard to, it's hard to concern myself that true. much with it. Like if there's a worry I have, it's diminishing returns as far as how much money they're generating is going to lead to less. I don't know. The sheen of what you get out of a new Pixar movie is going to not be as strong. There's not like the evolution of animation might not be as apparent as it once was when it comes to Pixar. And yeah. I mean, part of that's their own problem as far as I don't think their house style is as 
suffice to say bland as Disney's is Disney animation as far as how samey their films can look but I do think that's an avenue that they've run up against a lot (laughs) Um, and I I look forward to seeing them hopefully move beyond that and that's what I worry about when it comes to if they're not going to make movies that make 700 800 million dollars will they be will they be given the tools to actually explore outside certain zones yeah i would hope that they they don't stick to a specific design you know house art style um pixar has kind of been known to to make things weird and funky and i i this one does look different from you know turning red which has a very like comic booky aesthetic and Luca kind of carries on that comic book aesthetic, but it also looks a little bit more tone real and, and toned down. But like right uh, now, like Spider-Verse, the first Spider-Verse mm-hmm. made an impact and it's clearly yeah. being felt in animation studios. DreamWorks has done the work to be like, we could actually do other things right. here beyond just what uh, we do. What was the movie that they just said? Puss and Boots? They had Puss and Boots and the, and the bad guys, both of which That's right. yeah, the bad embrace guys. a very different kind of style that... Right is exciting for one thing, but also just effective in saying, Hey, look at, look at the cool other things we can do outside of the box we put ourselves yeah. in. And um, I mean, across the spider verse fucking rip the door open again. So it's like, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, it is incredible. And, and not to toot too much of a horn that I toot on the show regularly, but Bob's burgers uh, for a premiere <laughs> episode, they, uh, they let animators choose a different design style. And they were just like, no, whatever. However, you see Bob's Burgers, we're just gonna we're gonna air this episode. It's not a great episode, but it's really cool just to be like, yes, there's different looks in animation. People have different eyes, and that's what makes animation so unique and fun and so customizable. Um, it, it, I have a question for you. Yeah, uh, you know, this movie premiered at. Michael or not Michael Caine, the, J- the James Conn um, Film Festival. Yeah, the James Conn Film Festival. It, it closed it out to lukewarm reception. Was it a? Do you think that that has been affecting its its run here in the theaters, or no. that doesn't matter? No, audiences don't care what French critics think. Okay. Um, I like. Would it have helped to have like scorching hot reviews coming out of a film festival? Of course it would. No, no one's, no one's gonna say like, oh man, it got great reviews. Let's not, you know, let's not care at all about this. Tom Cruise didn't watch it and be like, this is the best movie I've seen in my life. He says that about every movie. So. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I love it. The thing is, he does yeah. watch. He does watch movies all the time. So he does. It's like, yeah. He, it's like, and so he, I, he probably I, does genuinely feel that way. I, I have no reason to bag on the man. Like he's a genuine article. But um, I mean, similar to like Indiana Jones. I don't think like that because that also got like lukewarm reception. Lukewarm reception. Yeah. Regardless of you know, and it, it, it's such a weird contextual thing as far as if you're seeing you know like three depressing international dramas in a row, and then it's like here's Pixar's Elemental. It's like <laughs> yeah, I can I you know I the context is just unknown to me as far as why like the re- okay. the reviews overall like it's 76 fresh on rotten tomatoes it's certified fresh like it's not it's not like this movie's gotten like you know a, a dump as far as the critics are concerned yeah uh, as far as the build-up out of a film festival like i would say like the online crowd certainly took notice of that but that's not the crowd that makes that's not the people the theaters, and so again the, the people that that largely talk probably don't even go see the movie but the general audience like they're not necessarily oblivious, but it's certainly not a factor as far as their movie choices go. I think it's yeah. more of, you know, like what is the, what is this offering me this week compared to other options I have? And again, you already have Spider-Verse, which does have scorching out reviews. Um, that is yes. Based on a very popular brand sure. uh, coming up when that brand is very popular overall, 
and this movie comes out the same week as that brand's being exploited once again with the flash it's like mm-hmm. and you know you have and those are all family-friendly movies in addition to all the other movies that are out there it's like your options what do you have here you have elemental what is it it's some new thing what's it about elements okay who's in it nobody you've heard of oh okay and i'm taking all four of my kids and buying all of them popcorn and all of this to see mm-hmm. this thing that will maybe be good i don't know like i i yeah. get that i get to where be that fair, pixar has has gone the route of not having a lot of popular names for sure in their cast for sure and i and it's just it's an evolution of the time as far as how audiences are picking their movies i mean that's sure. what it comes down to and with the pixar brand not being as strong as it once was it all adds up. It all adds up to why something makes significantly less than it might have in 2013. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a shame. <laughs> like, I mean, again, it's a premier brand, but like, and like you, the other thing too, like you said earlier, they know they can watch this on Disney plus in a month and a half. Yeah, so I'm why agree. is that the movie they should see on Friday night? Like, why are that? Why, why is that the money that needs to be spent? They, tell you. The, the CEO of Disney decided, Hey, Let's do this and, you know, just prove to people that they can just watch it for free. Watch it at home. And this is the result. This is what happens. Yeah, not great. So uh, unfortunately, there are other things that you can watch. And uh, it is a bummer that this one just wasn't. It, it always sucks when the movie's not good enough for it, you to it, be it's like. Not, it's not that it's not good enough. Like, it just didn't really even think of, like, I don't think it actually meant, like, it's weird for me to say this because it's kind of rude and off-putting, but it felt like it didn't even meet like a minimum standard that I was expecting from like even like a middle-tier Pixar movie, you know? Yeah, I and hear that you. hurts. And it, so it, does. Like, it hurts for me to say it publicly, you know. But it, like, it I hear you. It, it it but it's also like this movie didn't make much money this weekend. Also, we didn't like it very much. <laughs> so yeah, it's like yeah, it's yeah. a double pain because it's like on the one hand, you obviously wanted to do well because hey, it's an original animated feature, right. uh, but it's also like but I didn't like it. you know you're not there's no one to prove wrong. Yeah, which <laughs> is a weird way to put it. Like when Ghostbusters answered the call, the the with the the uh, what came out. Okay, yeah. and it's like obviously given all the vitriol spewed online because of them daring to cast women. <laughs> How as, dare they, right? Characters, yeah. obviously, you're like. I hope this movie's great to prove yeah. every you know to show to show you, right? <laughs> but and you know movie, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but it's also yeah. it wasn't great. It, yeah, no, yeah. no, no one's sitting there being like, "Man, this really just destroyed Ghost," but it's great. This, this is the best thing I see, right? Which is a shame because it's you're, 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 it's it's lacking that punch to be like proved you wrong. Um, not that this needs to be a game of one-upsmanship or what have you, but it's also like. I, I need Pixar to do well, but God damn it, Elemental's just not that great. <laughs> like it's yeah. I, the brand will survive, like what you mentioned. It's just that this was just not a great one, uh, not a great entry into their catalog. Uh, and cutting off the heels of Lightyear, where I had high hopes for Lightyear as well, because I was not sure what was going on, how that and, story and, would be told. And, and Marcus Robinson certainly had high hopes for Lightyear, because he had a number he had one. number one, poll, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, can I transition into a different topic? Yes. There was a short before this movie, which I oh, haven't yeah. seen in a long time. Uh-huh. It's called First Date, and I thoroughly enjoyed this short. And I think in large part because it was just was two characters that I like, uh, especially Doug uh, enough. But I just like that Doug is just so sweet, and he's just so like he loves he loves Carl Fredrickson so much, and the way that he's able to express it is hilarious, but also just very sincere. And that's the kind of stuff that you know I guess we were playing to 
Pixar nostalgia, Pixar stuff that you've seen before, characters that you are familiar with. Yes, it does help when you like these characters. But that also speaks to the point that I made earlier of like, again, it should be character based. Um, but it also, it, they also tore up my heartstrings with, with playing the score uh, to up when he's looking at a picture of Ellie. And But I thought that it was it was fun to see a short before a Pixar movie, which we haven't seen in a while. I don't think there was one in front of, of Lightyear, right? We haven't had one since, geez, a while. I at this can't point. remember if Soul had one either. But well, yeah, Soul was deep. Soul was Disney Plus, so no, we didn't. <laughs> like, oh, I thought that it was like limited theater run. No, Soul was not in theaters at all. It sucks. Okay, yeah, that does suck. <laughs> like, no, I think it was like Bow for Incredibles Two. That's right. 20, yeah. Which is twenty eighteen. Like it's, wow. been, it's been a long time. Been a while. Yeah. So, I, what were your thoughts on on the short? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> And that is that dusting our hands. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's I I like I like up fine. Um, I, it's certainly a it's, good it's movie. got it's got a terrible third act. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's just like you know, you have a movie that starts and it's what it is, and then by the end of it, there's talking dogs and airplanes, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, what movie were we watching here? <laughs> <laughs> He went on an adventure. <laughs> yeah, it was one hell of an adventure. Had some twists and turns. But no, I, you're not going to get me being like, oh, I, I can't stand getting more Ed Asner as Carl Fredrickson. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. That's enjoyable to me. I, I thought it was a cute short as far as uh, Carl being like, I'm going to go on a date. Like, that's that's a neat, like, if you're going to expand on this character and thankfully not in a giant feature sequel to up of all things, it's like, what else do you do? Like, sure. what is, where's his, but where's his house go now? Uh, we have to where save the house. house go now? Where, where's his, how the house is going to fall off the cliff. We don't save it in time. We need to get a balloon strap. ourselves <laughs> in. Um, so like, yeah, if you're going to give me more of this and cause like Doug has his own thing too, right? He has on like little series. I think he has like some shorts on shorts Disney plus, is, yeah, yeah, which like, I've never seen. I like I like it. I like this. I'm glad I didn't like try to like shoehorn um what's his face? Russell. Russell in there. Like I like that it's a pretty narrow story. It it did the job. I you know, I the the, the aesthetic of the upworld is cool to me, the music and everything. Like so yeah, yeah. like I, I that's I, an example of like weird aesthetics animation while like Carl Fredrickson is like three feet tall. Yeah. His chairs and tables are very fitting to him, so they're also very low. So I, yeah. I liked when the dogs were on the phone. That was funny. That was funny. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a good short. Yeah. Um, also, my last thing about Elemental uh, is that Pixar has been doing something where they continue the story in the credits. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was fun again to see here. The, yeah. I first noticed it with Luca, where it tells a complete a complete ending. No, Wally does it. Wally does it too? Okay, yeah. I've got to go rewatch Wally. It's a little more vague because it's all like... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's they, like... They, it's, 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 got, it's basically cave paintings planted. that evolve yeah, into more right. and more. Yeah. And so you like see humanity restoring itself. Right. Basically. Yeah. That would, that is fun to see, but yeah, uh, they, they do something with the credits here as well. Um, and it's, it's fun to see. So I'm glad that they're well, or I'm glad that Pixar is still keeping to, um, you know, like their, their Easter eggs and their fun, their fun, uh, hijinks and in, including a bunch of fire puns for products, uh, during the yeah. credits. No, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy. I I always wonder, like, if they make Elemental Two still amounting, um, if they're <laughs> if they keep like the context of what transpired in credits as like a go to for what to do it's, next. It's canon. Yeah, I, I I wonder like how that plays into. I don't know if that's ever played a role 
in these movies. I haven't seen the short for uh, the Luca follow up, the one where uh, we're following his buddy. Um, oh, um, Ciao Alberto. Yeah, but I don't know if that. I think that that actually does follow continuity with the credits. Yeah, it, it's what's it's like the next day or what or not, the yeah. day, but it's like, but it's you know because yeah, he lives with the the, the one arm father and he's he's writing letters to Luca at school. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, well, we get Luca. We we get Luca too. Yes, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the the subtitle. Still Luca, Luca two, Luca scooter. No, you should have said Luca two. Look at me. I hope that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, we'll have all this context for all the letters they said. Look at me. Uh, well, that's all I have to say about Elemental. I, I Peter Sean is still on like the creative team and he's he's had creative input for all the other personalities i just don't know what happened here yeah i you know i have nothing against anyone that made this movie in any way whatsoever like i'm happy that he and i'm happy that he got to tell a version of his story like that's cool like that's you know especially for an animated film like this that's that's a unique way to you know um bring your story into some sort of into a form of legacy Mm -hmm. um but with that said, like, yeah, the movie, I have my issues with it. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch it again someday when it's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> but, like, it's not one where I'm like, oh, man, Pixar knocked it out of the park again. It's more like, okay, here you do one of these. Sure. So, you know, Disney+, Plus, I guess, is the place I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I would recommend it on Disney+, Plus as well. But um, go watch Luca instead, or go watch Turning Red instead. Like, those are superior stories, but also it feels like they they didn't let the creative... Uh, voices from the heads of teams get in their way. Well, it's been our bonus out now with Aaron and Abe episode covering Elemental. You can find all of our stuff at everywhere that like there's social media and podcasts. Yeah, and we're right. online. We're Hashtag, on we're just pruning each other. Okay. Um, that talk about a joke that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Uh, or this bonus episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. You shine, you shine and still shine.